We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Goff looks, Goff throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown. Detroit Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown. There's the snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure cuts, went, hit, sack, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 306 on the Blue Wire Network. I am Euros Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. No peer with us, but Mr. Malcolm Hart, how you doing, my man? Woo! What is going on, guys? Yo, yo, Tyler, man. We're in week two, man. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm excited, bro. We are 1-0, and and we're about to play the Seattle Seahawks, man. Let's go. Yeah, it is week two. Home opener, big game, obviously, coming off that big victory, like you mentioned, versus the Chiefs. I can't wait to see that place on Ford Field on Sunday. Like, I'm not going to be there on Sunday, but I cannot wait to see the type of atmosphere that's going to be going down in Detroit. Um, I mean, if you've just looked through any ticket site, Ticketmaster, SeatGeek, wherever you purchase your tickets, right? And just looking at the price of these tickets – they're unbelievably high. Like, it is not a cheap ticket to enter that building. And I even saw that the Lions are now offering standing room tickets for, I believe it was like 150 a pop, something like that. Um, so it's going to be a pop, like a crazy atmosphere at Ford Field this Sunday. Like, I think we saw towards the end of last year, you saw those games getting a little rowdier and you saw the atmosphere getting really nice. Like, you saw Thanksgiving and, um, you know, just, just all the games down the stretch, right? I think this potentially could be the loudest game of the weekend. Out of any game that's going on this weekend, I think this could be the loudest game this weekend, and I think it could potentially break a Ford field record of how loud this place is going to be this Sunday. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, do you think it's going to be like the loudest Lions game probably ever? <laughs> I think it's up there for one of the biggest games at Ford field. I think the only other game I could think on the top of my head that's bigger was maybe that 2016 week 17 for the division on new year's eve or on new year's day versus the the packers for the for the nfc north yeah i don't don't even remember how loud the the field was that day but i don't know man i think it's a whole different vibe man i don't know yeah no i mean 
It's going to be a, a popping atmosphere in Ford Field this Sunday. And I wish I was there. I wish I could see it live. But your boy, man, uh, I don't know if I have the finance to be going to that game. And I already, I didn't say it to the podcast. I was about to Malcolm and the other and Piers and all the boys. And it's like, I'm going to Green Bay. And I already, you know, I paid a good penny to go to that game. So I'm like, I don't know if I could finance two, two Lions games this month. I would love to, uh, you know, catch that game. But. I know Malcolm, you want to catch the game as well, but yeah, I did. Dude, man, it's I crazy, did, man. dude. No, yeah, yeah, it got a little, it got a little crazy. So after after that um Kansas City victory, uh, I'm not sure they jacked up the prices or or what, but it got a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely finding a way to make it down to Detroit this year. I just got to figure out which game to, to go to. I already have a couple away games planned already. Yeah. Um, just trying to figure out what which Detroit game. I'm hoping it could be the playoff game. But we'll see. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's like I think the game. You know, I know we're saying right now this is the biggest game at Ford Field, but I think as the season goes on, we're going to keep saying that. Like, it's going to be like a big division game. This is now the biggest game at Ford Field this year. Now, like you mentioned, like if we host a playoff game, that's not the new biggest game in Detroit. Like, so like they're just going to keep going and going. I think the hype right now obviously makes the biggest game. But like, I think as the season goes on, like we're going to keep saying that. Like, it's going to be a constant thing that we're going to keep saying throughout the season. Yeah, man, we'll see. What games do you have planned on going? I know you live obviously in Florida. Lions playing Tampa yeah. this year. Is that one you're going to? Yeah, I'm going to the Tampa game um, because they're going to be in Tampa. That's going to be a three-hour three drive for me. And then I'm going to New Orleans. Well, my wife, she wants to go to back to New Orleans. She loves the city. She loves the city of New Orleans. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're going to go to New Orleans and then just kick it and then um, go to that game too. So those are two away games I already have planned. Um, I wanted to go to the to the Vikings game to troll the, the, the Vikings fan with that whole school shit. <laughs> but that was too close to Christmas, man. I don't know why they did that. That That's going to like that back-to-back is... I don't know. Unfortunately, with the Vikings, at least like we play them every single year, so you'll, you'll probably have an opportunity to, yeah, you know, maybe, to go to uh, the stadium for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe next year. I'm excited. I know you obviously if you've done it before from not living in Michigan, been to many road games. I'm excited. This is gonna be my first ever road Lions game. I'm gonna go in a couple oh, weeks really? to the Lambo for the, the Thursday night game. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. This is your first away game for real? for the Lions. I've done it for the Tigers. I've never done it yeah, for any of my other teams. This, uh, oh yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah. This is my first. I went to a few. This is my first ever outside NFL game. I've seen some like from the outside. I've seen like Cincinnati from outside, and I've seen Soldier Field, but never been inside another NFL stadium outside of Ford Field. Let me ask you a quick question: Where are you, are you sitting on the the visitor sides, or are you sitting like in the goalposts? So or it's at? by kind of like the corner towards the the goalpost. So um, kind of about okay. closer to the Lions. It's kind of close to the tunnel. Honestly, is is what. But I, gotcha. it's, it's the best way to put it. Yeah, I had I had uh, the the way games I've been to. Court, uh, of course, Miami game. Whenever they play Miami, I, I go to those games. And then um, I, I went to the recent Jacksonville game when they played Jacksonville. Yeah. Back with the Patricia era. That was the COVID <laughs> game, right? Yeah, that was like COVID. Twenty five, twenty percent capacity, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but both times I've been behind the like behind the bench was kind of cool. I remember, like when I, when they played the Dolphins, I was real close. Like I was like the second row, <laughs> right behind them. I could like yell their like the yell their names and like turn around and like get their attention. Shit, it was crazy. You know, me and you and Pierre, obviously, we went to that Seattle game last year in Detroit, and obviously they're coming this year. And we saw like a good amount of Seattle fans last year. Um, and I and I and Seattle fans travel like they, they're one of the best fans. They're called the twelfth man for a reason. I really believe this Sunday it's going to be a lot of blue. And it's gonna be Lions blue this Sunday. Like I don't know how much Seattle fans are gonna see this Sunday. You gonna see like the diehards, yeah, like the 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 super fans. They're gonna be there, right? They, they always travel. The super super fans, they always travel. 
But as far as like regular fans, uh, probably not. Unless you see, unless there's any fans in Detroit that are just Seattle fans, they may go to those games. But yeah, I think it's going to be a large Detroit crowd. I think it's going to be a very large, loud atmosphere. I think it'll be crazy, man. I, I mean, I wish, I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I said, man, like I told myself that if they beat the this, this Chiefs team, that, that game Seattle is going to be freaking crazy. And yeah, <laughs> I can see it, man. It's gonna be one of those games, man. Yeah, Peter screwed me a couple years ago. Uh, I let him handle the ticket situation. We went to the the home opener, 2021, the Campbell era, and it was versus the Niners. I let him handle the tickets. So I'm like, just you know, give me a, a reasonable price, and if if I you know I'm okay with it, I'm like, okay, just get him whatever, right? Um, so I let him handle it. You know, Venmo him whatever. This guy puts me on the 50-yard line by the San Francisco 49ers bench, and I'm just in a whole Oof. red sea. Of I'm like, like Peter, where'd oh, you put me? Man. Where'd you give me tickets? <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't. I never knew that story. That's hilarious. I felt like I was like at like a road game. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, what is this? Yeah, when you're on that visitor side, man, yeah, you see a lot of fans. And especially you the see- Niners. You know, they're one of the more loyal fan bases, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, no, I mean, we'll see. I think this year, though, like, anywhere you sit, there's going to be a lot of lines blue. Like, it's, you're going to be the majority now. Yeah. All right. Uh, enough about the atmosphere. We'll probably get into it when we start breaking down, you know, the game itself. But can't wait for the Sunday. It's going to be freaking electric. Let's talk about the injury report for the lines. And I'll, I'll read off the report. Very short injury report, which is a very good thing. So on uh, Wednesday's report, we had offensive tackle Taylor Decker dealing with an ankle injury, like we mentioned last pod, that he suffered in that first quarter in the Chiefs game, played through it, but he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Cornerback Khalil Dorsey is dealing with an illness. He did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is still dealing with that knee slash hamstring. And it looks like he might have potentially suffered a little setback because he was limited all last week. He did not practice on Wednesday, so we'll see what happens on Thursday and Friday. And then center, Frank Ragno is still dealing with that toe injury. He was a full participant on Wednesday. And as far as the Seahawks, we don't have their official injury report. They didn't release anything, but they placed their right tackle, Abraham Lucas, on IR on Wednesday. So he will be out for at least four weeks. And then their left tackle, Charles Cross, is going to have a major, you know, he, he needs to do a lot of things to play on Sunday. Uh, Pete Carroll was saying that it's going to be tough for him to come. He's dealing with the turf coast. So Seattle's dealing with some injuries definitely to their, their offensive line. Yeah, just want to make a quick note as far as our injury report. Um, the Lions didn't practice today. Um, this is just an estimate of um, guys who they believe is going to would have practiced and who who would have you know play, practiced or not. So right. they did not practice today. They practice on Tuesday and they don't have to listen to injury report on Tuesday. So yeah, this again, like Malcolm said, this is an estimated. So I, I think the big one, obviously, for the Lions is to keep up with Taylor Decker. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, Panay Sewell was taking left tackle reps at practice on Tuesday, and it was Matt Nelson at right tackle. So. If Decker can't go, you could probably expect to see that on Sunday. So, I mean, hopefully Decker's good to go and we could just, you know, go with the classic left tackle Decker and put Penay back at right tackle. But we will see what happens as we get closer to, to game day. Yep. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to break down this line's offense versus the Seattle defense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we are back. Let's talk about this Lions offense versus this Seattle defense. So I'm going to ask you the question, Malcolm. Obviously, last year we played the Seattle Seahawks. Lions offense scored 45 points. And I was telling you before the show started, like, they didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown. They didn't have DeAndre Swift. They didn't have DJ Chark in that game. And also, Jordan Jackson was out in that game on the offense side of the ball. They were still able to score 45 points on the Seattle defense. Now, obviously, brand new season. That was week four of last season. So a lot has changed within that time period to now. But you look at the Seattle defense. You watch a little bit of that Rams game, which they didn't look you know, very great in that, that game. What is something you look for the Lions to do this Sunday to potentially attack? Well, I mean, first thing first, I mean, before I get into that, um, just a really quick question to you. Um, you just list all those injuries. Do you remember them putting a asterisk next to Seattle's win when they beat us with all those injuries that you just listed just no, now? No, I don't remember an asterisk. No? Okay, just want to put that out there. Just want to make sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, real quick. Um, so what the what the Seattle Seahawks do, they play a lot of zone, and this is where Jared Goff thrives in. You know, he, he's really good at picking, you know, finding his spots and, you know, picking apart the zone. And last year, I mean, I don't even know the, his numbers, but Jared Goff was able to put up 45 points with backups um with you know with them playing their zone now i know this is a different team um they obviously get bobby wagner back bobby wagner he wasn't there last year he was on the ramp so um they get their leader back they get bobby wagner back so i mean i think they're i think what we can do is the same thing we did last year is you know let jared golf cook and let him find his spots in the zones and let him go to work i think we're more healthier you know, we're definitely more healthy than we were last time we played them. Um, we got our weapons back, and well, we'll see what Jared Goff could do. I mean, the only thing that really concerns me is their, their running defense. Um, Seattle Seahawks look like they did a really good job against the run against the Rams last week. So I want to see if we could actually establish a run and get a running game going, if that's if, if, if they could get that going. And then I also want to see how exactly how much are we going to use Jameer Gibbs. Is, like, how much involved is he going to be in the offense this week? I know last week it was – they probably limited him a lot, <laughs> but every time he touched the ball, it was something electric. So I want to see, is he going to get a bigger uptake in, 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 in carries and touches this week or, or what exactly is the plan going to be with Jameer Gibbs? Right. Yeah. And you know, Dan Campbell alluded to that on Friday, last Friday was that 
you know, now that Jameer Gibbs got his feet wet, they, they do expect to expand his role a bit on offense, and they could start as soon as this Sunday versus Seahawks. And, you know, you mentioned they did a pretty solid job versus the run, you know, run defense against the Rams. I, I think the difference here is when you're comparing the Rams' offensive line, you're comparing the Lions' offensive line, night and day. You know, it, it is night and day. You're comparing one of the best offensive lines compared to one of the, you know, bottom five offensive lines probably, arguably, right? Yeah. So... That, that's a big difference right there. You know, they had Kyron Williams rush for 15 times, 52 yards, average three, three and a half per carry, two touchdowns, but didn't really break any big runs. Biggest run that he took off was for nine yards. Passing game, though, Stafford was able to do some stuff in this passing game. You know, they they, they were able to get, you know, marched onto the red zone and not the electric receivers you think about when you're thinking about this Rams team. Like, there's no Cooper Cup. Um, it was 2-2 Atwell. A late round pick named Puka, who I've never heard of until on Sunday, who made an absolute name for himself, catching 10 receptions, 119 yards. Um, yeah, so you had two Rams receivers that are not household names by any means. Absolutely go to work against the CL defense, both having 119 yards apiece. And the Rams were able to score 30 points in Seattle's home. And this is a team like the Rams that. You know, let's call it is. You know, they're not a highly regarded team this year, right? Like, they're not the most talented team. Obviously, dealing with some injuries, no Cooper Cup out there. And the Rams embarrassed them. And obviously, week one, a lot of crazy things happens week one. But the Rams took care of business in this game versus the Seahawks, especially on the offensive of the ball and defensive of the ball. Seattle just didn't look great overall. And so, I mean, like you said, I mean, the Lions like that zone defense. We've seen golf comfortable when versus that zone defense. We saw the Bears game last year. We saw it in this game last year versus Seattle. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that could definitely be a, a point of attack for the Lions this Sunday versus the Seahawks. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was shocked that the Rams were able to put up 30 points on them. I mean, <laughs> I mean this is what Stafford, this is Stafford's first game back um, since his injury. And he has really no weapons. I mean, I, I don't even – I mean, the only guy that's reliable on this wide receiving core look like it's Van Jefferson. Right, yeah, I mean, he's like the only. I mean, Higby too. Obviously, he's been there. Yeah, Tyler Higby. Yeah, other than that, yeah, it's a bunch of you know newer guys. I'll say definitely newer guys, man. So yeah, I mean, who who knows? Maybe maybe you know that rookie that was on the Rams that, that put up the 119 yard. Maybe he could be a future piece for them. I mean, who exactly. knows? He he could be a, a, a cornerstone piece for them going forward. You know, you never know. But it's just interesting that that the Rams were able to put up three points on them. That that that, that's, that was shocking to me. And Seattle's home too. Which is one of the best home atmospheres too. That was their home opener. Yeah, it was, man. Oh um, man. So I mean, based on this, unless unless the ramp, unless the Seahawks can make some major adjustments, I could see Jared Goff having a huge game against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could too. I mean, you are healthy on offense. You know, you, you got Amon Ross and Brown in this game, which you didn't have last week. And I think. The guy who had the big game that was Hawkinson, right? Like, he had an electric game that time. And you don't obviously have him in this game. But, I mean, you had, you are full strength on offense. We'll see what happens with Decker. Offense wasn't great last Thursday versus the Chiefs. You know, it was a little rusty. But you saw him pick it up towards the end. I, I don't know, man. We've seen golf in the Dome. We're going to be at home. So, it's going to be quiet when they're on offense. Like, I really think this leans towards the Lions' way for them to get their offense picking up what we saw last year. I, I really do believe that's going to happen this Sunday versus the Seahawks. I mean, um, they have some moving pieces. They have a, a guy potentially making his debut with Witherspoon. It's a guy who we liked during the draft process, but, you know, you miss a lot of time during camp. 
was limited all week in practice last week. He's expected to be a full goal all week in practice this week. So potentially making his debut this week, you know, that, that, that could be a tough atmosphere to step in as a week one, you know, versus Lions team in that loud atmosphere. Yeah, especially being a rookie here, that you're going to go to Detroit, um, and and it's, it's expected one of the loudest atmospheres in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, especially communicating and him making sure he he's you know making all the you know being in in the, in the right place. Um, because communication is key, especially when you're playing zone. So if we can't communicate, yeah, it's going to be tough. Right. So I want to I want to I wonder if they're even going to play him. Because this may not be the best game you want to put your rookie out there, but we'll see what they do. Um, is anybody on, on their defense that worries you? I mean, Quandre Diggs and Tariq Wollin are obviously Tariq Wollin's a phenomenal, right? Like he, I think, only got targeted. I had, I had a stat. I think he only got targeted like four times last game, and he only gave like thirteen yards. So he was very good week one. Like he was not. I mean, he was not the reason why. You just go the other side of him then. Well, yeah, but I mean, who's he covering? Van Jefferson, right? Like, who, 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 <laughs> I mean, who was he? Tutu Atwell, like who was he covering? I mean, Tutu Atwell had a good game. He had 119 yards, he nine catches. He had a great game. Yeah, but he's not good. <laughs> he's not good. I mean, I think if there's one thing that's lacking on this Lions and uh, this team right now, it's probably the receiving core. Like, obviously, Amon Ross and Brown is great, but other than that, like you have a bunch of, I think, wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. Like, I don't think you have a true number two after St. Brown. So, I, I mean, I think you could use that as an argument, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough, dude. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how they handle it, man. Uh, I don't know. I think I think if um, if Taylor Decker don't go, that could be a little bit concerning to me, um, having Matt Nelson out there. Because every time Matt Nelson is our starting tackle, it usually doesn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, so, I mean – this this game it just feels like is it is it mean it's like it feels like too good to be true like situations like one of those situations that just feels like it's too good to be true. So like I have a stat right here though. So, so Tariq Woolen allowed just one reception last game for eighty one snaps, which is phenomenal. But yeah, no. Going back to your question though, this is a team that like always finds a way to win though, right? Seattle is one of those teams. Doesn't matter who is out there, they just find a way to win. And Pete Carroll. As much as he annoys me with his, his chomping of this gum and how he's a cheerleader, he finds a way to win. And, you know, I, there's, if there's one thing about Pete Carroll, I respect him as a coach. I think he's a phenomenal coach, and he just finds ways to win games, even when the talent isn't great. But, damn it, we're home. This is going to be one of the <laughs> loudest atmospheres at Ford Field we've ever seen. When I was our home opener. We're coming off an electric victory versus the Kansas City Chiefs, defending champs, where the whole country was watching us. When I was our home opener. We're doing a Barry Sanders statue reveal on Sunday. Damn it, we're not That's losing not this game. Know. We're not losing this game this Sunday, man. We're not there's, losing. There's no, way, there's no way you can lose your home opener at that point. <laughs> this is going to bite us in the ass, isn't it? This is going to bite us in the ass, isn't it? I don't know, man, because we said the same shit last year. It was, you know. Damn it, this is different. Know, this is different. This is different. <laughs> this is different. Yep, this is different. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see, man. Um, offensively, I think we, we can have our way. I just want to see it because uh, as far as, like, Seattle, how they were able to stop the run last week, I know running the ball is, is uh, something Dan Campbell wants to do, right. definitely. So I want to see how much we get that established. If we're able to get those – chunks of yards like we were getting last week like those, those five six seven yards and then when he picks up Jameer Gibbs in there how much is he going to get in there I just want the, the running game I think it's going to be important 
you know, something that makes me more encouraged, too, is that I think the first three quarters, it was like meh, the running game and like just the O-line in general. It was like whatever. I think that fourth quarter when you saw them really gel together and they were, you know, creating bigger holes and the running backs were taking advantage of it. I think now that they got that game out of the way, you know, you're coming back home, you, you know, you got a game under you, especially if Decker coming this sun, playing this Sunday, have a full game back together after having that fourth quarter. I think you could have more of a full game this go round rather than last game where it felt like it was like maybe one and a half very good quarters of their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely believe the team is going to, you know, get better as the season goes along. Um, you know, that was just week one. So you expect to rust in the first few drives and the first few quarters. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I expect – I expect them to run the ball like they did um, towards the end of that game. Yeah, and you could obviously say the same argument for every other NFL team that goes with the Seahawks. Like, you could say that they were rusty week one versus the Rams. Like, there's a lot of crazy things that happens week one. Like, there's no doubt about it, right? Like, the three teams, the three pillars I like to call them, that they call them the AFC, all lost this weekend. Uh, The Chiefs obviously lost on Thursday to us. The Bills lost on Monday night to the Jets. And then you had the Bengals look absolutely terrible versus the Browns only scoring three points. They looked looked awful. They looked awful. But but I think... (laughs) For the most part, Bills, we'll see. But I think the other two, like, you feel confident they're going to bounce back and still be very good teams this year as, as the Bengals <laughs> and, and the Chiefs. Oh, the confidence you had on the Bills was pretty, was pretty funny just now. Yeah, no, the Bills are – those are sus. Those are sus. Yeah. Um, but, all right, we're going to the defense. Yeah, or? let's talk about their defense because I think this is the bigger matchup. I, I think on offense, we feel confident. I think that's going to be good. I think their defense – now, our defense versus their offense, I think that's the interesting matchup. So, I'm going to ask you the same question. If you're Aaron Glenn this week, what is the matchup? Because they had nothing last year when they played the Seattle Seahawks. They forced zero punts last year, and they scored a total of 48 points against our defense. Obviously, defense has changed a lot, a lot of personnel change. Um, scheme a little bit has changed. We saw a heavy zone week one. What do you expect this week versus Seahawks offense? All right, so, I mean, first thing first, I think the Seattle's going to come into this game, and I think they're going to try to do this mimic, the same as that game plan they ran against us last year. I think they're going to try to do the bootlegs, and um, I, I can see them trying to run the ball, try to do bootlegs, and, and try to get um, maybe, maybe find lanes where you know, Geno Smith could, like, could run. Um, I, think they could, I think they still don't trust Detroit's ability to, you know, cover scrambling quarterbacks. So if if they try to get Gino, you know, in, in space, um, maybe find a, a lane where he could maybe get a, a few yards like he did last year, um, we may see that. Um, but what kind of concerned me a little bit is their receiving core. They have a really good re- receiving core. Very I mean, good. last week um, we played against a team that they were, you know, they the receiving core wasn't good. Depleted. Um, it was yeah, it was, it was bad. I mean, there were drops everywhere. Um, they just weren't good. Um, but this week we were playing against um, an elite receiver. We got DK Metcalf, um, the Ricky um, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. The, yeah, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Still trying to get his name down packed. And then he um, got true vet with Lockett. <laughs> and then he got Tyler Lockett. So he played against a, a trio, probably the best trio receivers in the NFL. Probably if you look at the just three guys. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there. Either, you know, they're definitely top five. I mean, or top top three. Going off maybe. three, yes. Yeah, so that that that's a little concerning. Um, that they're definitely gonna be a test and for our, our our DBs. But the good news is that their tackles are out. So um, you know, Jacksonville, uh, not Jacksonville, Seattle may not have enough time in the pocket to create big plays for those guys. So we, we're gonna see, we're gonna see, man, because um, 
without the tackles, you know, you're eliminating like the deep balls unless they're going to do mass protection, um, which they might do. You may see them go to a personnel and, and match protect on some plays and try to get some plays down the field. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you could do that as well, right? But this tackle situation is rough right now. I mean, you have a guy who and Jack Curran who played in just 11 snaps last week versus the Rams because he stepped in for Abraham Lucas, who just got placed on our, like we mentioned earlier. Um, this is according to Jeremy Reisman. He played in 11 pass blocking snaps last week and gave up four pressures on those plays. Out of 11? God damn, that's almost that's half his snaps. <laughs> he gave up pressures. Yeah. And, and, yeah, none of those guys are named Aiden Hutchinson either. And none of those guys are named Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald's <laughs> obviously a beast, but he plays in the interior. But, yeah, on the edge, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no one, like, with an elite name in L.A.'s team, right? And then you're looking, you know, at the left tackle, Charles Cross – Dealing with the turf toe, it's going to be a journey for him to come back to, and play this Sunday. I, I, I don't know. Like it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to come back. You might have a guy like Stone Forsythe step up and be the starting left tackle, or they sign Jason Peters, the forty-one-year-old, to the practice squad. Maybe he gets elevated and starts, and he, he's on short notice. So, I mean, this tackle situation is definitely a, you know, a positive for the Lions. Like this is a situation they should take advantage of, especially with the guys they have on the defensive line. And we saw last week they were able to get pressure and they were able to take care of those offensive tackles in, in Kansas City. And that was something we said that was a matchup that we expect them to you know, advantage a little bit. You make the argument. I don't even think it's an argument, actually. I think you have a, even a bigger chance this week to get more pressures than last week. Because Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, you know, we, we talked about they get penalized a lot, right? These guys are just not experienced enough. You know, at least those guys, you know, they had a lot of game reps before that. You know, they've played in a bunch of NFL games. With this, you're going with two offensive tackles with just not much experience and just, you know, and not great when they have gotten the, the, the opportunity. So this could definitely be an opportunity for the Lions D-line to get some pressure and get to Geno Smith and hopefully prevent the running game from doing too much. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't, What I think Aaron Glenn should do is move Aiden Hutchinson around because I think they're going to try to key on where he's at and try to double him. But if you move him around, it'll be kind of maybe, maybe a, little, a little bit harder for the team to double team. But we have so many guys that could just create so many big plays on our defensive line that it's going to be really tough for them to just double team Aiden Hutchinson. Right. You got Kavinsky, you got Pascal, you got uh, James Houston, Charles Harris. You got so many guys that could just get after the quarterback. So it's going to – it's going to be really tough for Seattle. So I, I can see him doing a lot of 12 personnel, man, just doing a lot of match protect just to get give Geno some time because if they don't, Geno's going to have a rough time, man, in, in the pocket. Unless they try to get him out out the pocket and by, by doing bootlegs and get him out in the pocket and, and try to, you know, just get him in – have some space. I don't see them sit, let him sit there and sit in the pocket unless they're going to match protect. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't very pretty last Sunday versus the Rams. 16 for 26, 112 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and he got sacked two times. Had a quarterback rating of 44. Uh, our quarterback rating of 84, his QBR was 44.4. So it wasn't a pretty day for Geno week one versus the Rams. I saw some stat that he was actually – he started the game on pace. Yeah. But the moments his tackles went out, that's when everything's went downhill. And they're both going to be missing this game most likely. I mean, we know that right tackle Lucas is already ruled out. He got placed on IR, and then Charles Cross yeah. is, you know, more than likely going to probably miss this game. Yeah. I mean, the only difference is between last week and this week, they get the game plan now right. around that to, to try to mask it, to give Geno Smith the best opportunity um, with that situation. So that's, that's why Pete Carroll is a master at this. Right. Uh, he's a master at massing flaws. I mean, 
I don't want to put any, say any players' names, but um, there's, there's flaws in it where he can mask it and and come out on top. Like like just like you said, man. So what Pete Carroll's going to need to do this game? It's going to be tough, man. You do mention it though. They do have a nice cast of skilled players to go around. Geno Smith, you know, wouldn't even mention Kenneth Walker, who is electric and one of, one of the better running backs in the league right now. And they have a, a nice, impressive rookie too. I think he's going to be good in this league. Zach Charbonnet. They drafted him in the second round this year. Didn't have a big workload versus the Rams. I don't know how much of the workload he's going to get this Sunday versus the Lions, but I think he's an impressive player, and you know he could potentially be involved in this offense this week, but. You know, yeah, you look at this receiving core, it's 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 very good. You know, DK Metcalf, true wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett, the true vet, you know, a very good, reliable receiver. And then JSN, Jack Smith, and Jigba, you know, did have a big impact in his week one. But he's a guy I think we all loved coming out of Ohio State. And, you know, he's a the guy they drafted in the first round. And um, he's coming off a wrist surgery, which is kind of remarkable he's even playing right now, honestly, because I thought he was, like, when we were talking about this about a couple weeks ago, I thought he would definitely be missing this game. I thought, like, the the timeline, he would probably miss at least the first month of the season. But he's out there, and, um, you know, we'll see the type of contribution he has this Sunday. But, no, they have a very good cast of skilled players uh, of, you know, the running backs and receivers. Yeah. I can see him getting involved this week because of the short game that they're going to need to do. Um, because of the tackle situation, like I said, I don't think they're going to keep the ball in Geno's hands that that long unless um, they're going to try to like do a max max protect or they're going to get him outside the pocket by bootlegging. So you can see a lot of short passes, um, and that could go to, you know, uh, big so what, what could the Lions do different this time around than last year? Or yeah, than last year because the bootleg was killing us, and Geno Smith's legs were killing us. We had no answer for those for those plays. What's something they could do different to probably prevent those plays? Communicate, communicate. Because they're gonna be playing a lot of zone now, so they're gonna need to communicate. Um, when they, you know, when they see him bootlegging, they have to call bootlegging. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to communicate with the whole, the, the secondary. Got to communicate with the safeties, the linebacker. They got to communicate with the the, the, the corners. Everybody got to communicate. Uh, if not, there's gonna be a guy wide open. Um, but that's what they did better last week. Um, when they were playing zones, and they communicated. And we have a lot of, we have more skill players than we did last than we did last year because we were playing mainly man. I think we. Damn near played only man last year, um, but this year we're playing a lot of you know you see you see cover three, you see cover two, you see a lot of, a lot of different uh, different mixtures of zones that they're using. So, um, especially having a really good nickel, I think I think that that's the key, and I think um, Brian Branch is going to be a key in stopping these these bootlegs because when when that when that tight end goes out. That may be his guy, or the safety. Um, when that safety goes out, that may be his guy. So, b- between Charlie Gardner Johnson and, and O'Brien Branch, they're, they're gonna be huge in the flats, um, containing those guys um, when they do those bootlegs, and you know, just finding that open guy. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see if they can do that. And you mentioned yeah, it's a different personnel. If I remember correctly, that was Kirby Joseph's debut last year in that Seattle game. And I think he gave up like two touchdowns just by himself last year. Like he, he looked completely lost in that game. And we saw him after that get really better as the season gone on, especially after that game. So, yeah, you know, you, you do mention the personnel is completely different compared to that game last year. But I am interested to see if Seattle does test it and see what happens. Because we saw Mahomes, he was able to escape out of the pocket a couple times, and he's not really known as a, a rushing quarterback by any means. And he was able you know, to rush and, and get some yards for himself. 
Um, and we saw Gino, obviously, who's not necessarily known as a rushing quarterback either. He was able to skip the pocket a lot last year versus us and was able to pick up some big chunks. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely see it because I think, you know, it's a copycat league. They've they seen on tape, they're going to see on tape that Detroit last week struggled, struggled with that. And all last year, I mean, that was just our issue, um, containing quarterback. So, yeah, you can see, you're going to see some Geno Smith runs. I mean, hopefully, he doesn't get anything crazy where he, he's gaining like 50, 60 yards on us on the ground or he's like their leading rusher. Hopefully he's nothing like that, but <laughs> um, I, I can see I can see him moving out the pocket. I think something you mentioned a little bit earlier when we were talking about it was that the receiving core we played last week compared to this week is like there was some mistakes that the Chiefs just didn't capitalize on. If it was a drop or you know, it, it, I guess you could yeah say it's just a drop, like right, like there, there was a lot of big plays that they missed last week. You're not gonna see that as much this week or at all this week when you're playing a receiving core like this. You're not playing Kadarius Tony this week. You're playing DK Metcalf. You're playing Tyler Lockett. You're playing JSN. You're playing legit guys. So those big mistakes that didn't bite you in the ass last week because you got kind of bailed out. Don't expect them this Sunday versus this receiving core. Yeah, I think there was only. I mean, there was really only like maybe two plays that could have been us really like bad. We got bailed if, out a little bit, yeah. If they would have caught it. But you got to remember also, this is also Patrick Mahomes also. Right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, for them to limit him and to not find guys like that because he, he's he's a, he's a different level of quarterback. Um, Geno Smith is a little bit different. I don't know. I don't see him finding guys like that. I mean, I know he has a really good percentage, but I think he's – if he asked me, I think he's still training wheels. I think he has the training wheels on him right now. Yeah, it's possible. I, I think it's the training wheels. The training wheels. The peak Carroll. Yeah. The peak Carroll training wheels. That's that's what I call it. Um, I said this with Russell Wilson's career. I said it. Nobody listened to me. But I said, hey, he had training wheels on. He's elite. He's elite. But um, I think it's the same training wheels he had. Russell Wilson. He has on um, Geno Smith. And um, yeah, I mean, I just don't see him finding guys like that. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's going to be a struggle, too. I mean, we wouldn't even mention it. Their center, old front alert, Evan Brown starting there for them. Yeah, our, yeah, our old uh, reliable. He, very, he was very yeah, reliable, solid player. Evan Brown. Very solid player. He's a starting center. Um, do you see us capitalizing on the Evan Brown by any chance? I mean, I'm not going to say, like, we're going to, like, destroy him. Like, I think he's still, like, a solid player. But, I mean... There, there could be Ali McNeil had it. He had his way last week. I think he was one of the better players on defense versus the Chiefs, and that was a very impressive interior offensive line in Kansas City. I mean, no shots to Evan Brown, but I don't think he's the the same tier of players as that KC interior offensive line. I don't think he's in that Creed Humphrey, um, you know, like talk right there. So, if Aleem could have a big game versus Creed Humphrey in, in Arrowhead, I, I think he could have a, a pretty solid game versus Evan Brown in Detroit. A guy who I'm, a guy who I'm looking at. Uh, that that could have a really solid game this week. He's just always quiet. He's a very sneaky, quiet, productive player. This is the commission. And that this is John Kaminsky. And I I like the matchup of him going against the guard Damian Lewis. Um, Damian Lewis last week was atrocious. Um, PFF gave him a passing grade last week of seven point nine. Probably one of the lowest grades I've ever seen in my life. Um, That's some Kadarius Tony shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give him a passing grade of seven point nine, so he would have to have a a, a huge bounce back game. Um, but John Kaminsky, I can see him line up right in front of him and taking him to work. The nice thing is, too, our D line's healthy. Our D line's healthy. I mean, last year when we played the Seahawks, 
Uh, I mentioned in the injury report, like, we didn't have Kaminsky in that game. And um, we didn't, I don't think we had Charles Harrison in that game. I think he was on IR at that point. I mean, we had Aiden, but Aiden was still, like, getting adjusted to the league. Like, he wasn't the same player that he was now, where he was there than he is now. Like, he is a completely different player than when he was last September to this September. He's evolved so much mm-hmm. as a player overall, like, just as an overall edge rusher. Like, he's gotten way better as setting the edge as a run defender. And obviously, him in the backfield has came way more consistently, you know, just we saw week one, dude. He was a different animal week one than we've ever seen Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of these guys didn't play. You know, there was no James Houston. He was on our practice squad. Yeah. Um, Josh Pascal was still recovering from right. injury, so he didn't play his game. Um, damn, wow, there was really nobody. It probably was just Lee McNeil. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Isaiah Bugs. <laughs> Isaiah Bugs and Lee McNeil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this is a whole different front they're gonna be seeing. They're gonna be um, going up against. So that's gonna be interesting, man. But I mean, we're gonna see how they have. P. Carroll, you have your. <laughs> you don't have a, a, a you don't have a rough one, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too optimistic and like say I feel too good because this is a, a big game for Seattle. Like, I don't want to say anything's must win by week two, but starting the season 0 and two is really rough. We've talked about this all the time. Like, starting the season 0 and two is very rough. Um, so obviously Seattle's gonna do everything to avoid that, but. Damn it, man. We have everything in our favor, I think, this way, dude. Like, we're, we're coming back home, coming off a big victory, extra rest. We're relatively healthy walking into this game. Why not us, dude? Like, I, I think this is a game meant for the Lions to win. I really do. I mean, you're, I mean, right now, you're right. I mean, everything is in Detroit's favor to win this game. So, I mean, is this, does this feel like a trap game to you, though? Like, by... I just feel like it's too good to be true. <laughs> so I can, let me ask you the question. If we win this game, I don't even know really how I go with this question. Like, do, do we – is is it truly brand new? Like, like I think it's already brand new. Like, I think it's already we changed the narrative, right? But, like, beating a guy like Pete Carroll who we've just been not able to beat. Like, the last time we beat the Seattle Seahawks – I just had it here. 2012. That's the last time we beat the Seattle Seahawks. They have kicked our ass the last five matchups. Obviously, last year's game, they kicked our ass in Seattle 2022. And then, in, you know, I don't want to go too far down the past, but 2018, they kicked our ass in the playoff game in 2016. Like, this is a team that has just single-handedly kicked our ass for years. Now, obviously, we don't play yeah. them every year. They're not in our division. But they're in our conference. This is a huge game. I don't know, man. I know Pete Carroll is a mastermind. I know they have a good receiving core. But it just feels like so much is depleted for them for this game. And I feel like we have so much going forward for us with coming back home after that that great victory versus Kansas City. Um, you're healthy coming into this game. I, I just think there's so much going forward for the Lions. I think it's going to be tough for Seattle. I still think they're a very good team. I think they're a team that we could see in the playoffs or they're, they're going to make the playoffs here. I, I could definitely still see it it's still early. But, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I have that, that feeling in me. Like I, I just don't see us losing this game. That's crazy because, I mean, this was one of the games that people predicted us to lose. Like, if you're doing, like, like all the, the all the analysts at the beginning of the season are doing, like, the wins and losses and wins and losses. They gave us these first two games as well as, as, as losses. Yeah. I mean, I always said coming to the season, just go one and one. That was always my expectations for the first two weeks. So I'm not going to be – I'm lying. I'll be crushed if we lose. But, like, I'm not going to – like, I won't be too crushed in the big picture if we lose this game because – 
long season ahead, and they did ex- what I expected. I said go one and one in the first two weeks, and they got the one win already in Kansas City. So it's not a must win game for them by any means, and like the must win game no, for week two not. is is it's just kind of crazy to say, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I really see them winning this game, though. I think there's a lot going for the Lions this week. And, you know, I think they're going to look better and they're coming home. So, I don't know. This is going to be a test. This is going to be another one of those tests that um that we're going to, you know, look back and say, you know, usually we lose these games. Yeah. You know, because I, I think the Lions of the past, you know, when we have everything in our favor to win, there's injuries. Um, Usually we find a way to lose. So, let's, let's see if this team could, you know, Find a way to win. Um, Do you feel more confident going? Don't like don't factor what the results happen. But what do you feel more confident walking into this game or the how you felt last week coming into Kansas City? Which game do you feel more confident in winning? You talking about knowing both situations? Yeah, like you know, Chris Jones was not going to play. Travis Kelsey was kind of like unlikely to play. Kind of like Charles Cross, right? Like you know, like it could happen, but like it's probably unlikely. Um, of course, I'll say I feel more about this game. This game. And the reason why is because you're not playing against the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, they have Patrick Mahomes, though. I mean, no matter what, it's Patrick Mahomes. He can make anything happen. So, you know, we, we he almost beat us by himself. Yeah, he did. So, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely uh, Seattle because they don't have a Patrick Mahomes. Don't have Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. And they're not, and they're not playing in Arrowhead. Uh, but the flip side is they don't. They also don't have a Kadarius Tony. True. <laughs> <laughs> That's the flip side of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with their defense, I mean, they don't have a Nick Bolton. You could say, like, we can keep going, right? Like, they, there's a lot of things you keep going, right? No, they don't. Yeah. But they also they have, they have Bobby Wagner. And they have still. Andre Diggs, not a secondary. Yeah, they have a good. Yeah, they, you know, Bobby Wagner's still an, an elite guy. Um, I'm not sure elite, but he's still, he's still a good. leader. He's still really good. Yeah. Tariq Wooden, he's up and coming right. one of the best corners. Right. Um, so we'll see, man. I don't know. Like I, I made a tweet on Wednesday saying, "What? No guaranteed win? Not a guaranteed win." Even when I stretched it, I said, "I think we're going by double digits this game." You win by double digits? I mean, it's possible because again, they, I don't see them having to answer for Jared Goff, but it all depends on our offensive line situation. I don't feel too comfortable with Matt Nelson starting. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And I want to see this defense because obviously Seattle, they found ways to destroy our defense last year. I want to see how we're able to adjust to that type of offense if they if that's what they choose to do, which I think we could we could see that that type of offense like they did last year. I want to yep. see how Aaron Glenn adjusts with his new toys this week. Aaron Glenn, you got a whole year to prepare for this shit. With, with, <laughs> with some new ammo. You got some new ammo. With new ammo. I mean, he has to figure it out. Right. I agree. I agree. So... We'll see, man. It's going to be exciting. I can't freaking wait for Sunday. It's it's going to be an electric factory. And if anyone's going to Ford Field, be loud. Be loud. And if CJ, like CJ Gardner-Johnson said, I guess we're a ski mask. So what's, what's your thoughts on that, by the way? I think that's pretty dope. The- I think it'll be very interesting, especially if it makes it on TV. The national media is going to be confused. They're going to be like, why is all the Lions fans in ski masks? Yeah. That's gonna be it's, it's it's a good transition because you know back in the day was Lions fans known yeah, the for paper bags Tra- paper bags over their heads you know sad paper bags oh same old Lions no now we're coming for people <laughs> this is a new Lions this is a brand new Lions so yeah ski mask we're the villains let's be the villains let's go I I, I like the concept yeah I mean I saw the way you think 
the only thing is is that I don't want people to take it to a negative. Oh, you know what I mean? People like no, I, try to spin yeah. it, yeah, and, and take it as a negative, like oh, they're turning people to criminals or trying to look make them look like criminals and 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 thugs and then no, you know X Y Z. That's just looking too much into it, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm telling you, man, they might try I to. Could, spin I could it. see that honestly, though, would it be shocked? Yeah, we'll see though. I mean, we'll see how. Like, I want to see how much of an impact this 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 tweet or like this locker room interview ends up actually happening on Sunday. Like. I don't know. We saw. I think Peter posted on Twitter is like they actually sold out a scheme that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I tried. To, I tried to buy one. Did you? Yeah, you're trying to join the trend. Yeah, I, did. I, I tried to join the trend. I tried to buy one. Yeah, I was talking. They said it won't be. It won't be delivered until like the twentieth. I was talking about me, and, like, me, me and my cousin were like, should we just buy a big bulk of ski mask, go to downtown Detroit on Sunday, and just go sell these for like? <laughs> Do it. Do it. I mean, oh, I can't <laughs> sold out. And probably I won't be able to get yeah. them by Sunday, but. They won't get it by Sunday, but you'll you'll be you'll make the next yeah, game. Yeah, we can do the Falcons game. I guess week three. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, man. Jip people twenty twenty dollars a ski mask. Twenty dollars a mask. Yep. Buying for like a dollar a pop. <laughs> That'd be scam uh, people big try, time. Try, try to, try to hustle, That'd be I see you, man. But yeah, no, I, I'm interested to see like how much this ends up leading and i was actually watching the same bros the same browns podcast uh before we started ours and they, they mentioned it earlier there uh, amin ross saying that like cj said that um he's gonna wear a ski mask coming out the tunnel the dbs yep, so sure i want to see how that looks on sunday when they come out of the tunnel i'm, I'm telling you man i want to see the, the crowd i want to see like it's on tv and it's showing the crowd and how many people has the mask on that's gonna be crazy. Like, can you imagine? Like, majority of people had on the ski mask. I don't think it's gonna be a majority of people. I don't. But you know, you can maybe see a decent chunk of the crowd wearing it. That that would be dope. The the NFL is a reward us the number one Fox team uh, broadcasting. We got Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson this week too. So we got. I guess you can say another big national scale game this week too. Well, as far as like you know, we got the biggest game on Fox this week. Okay, I mean that's close to close to Gus Johnson, I guess. Gus Johnson, I don't know if he's doing NFL this year, honestly. Really? I don't know. Maybe he'll probably be filling in for a couple games, but I don't think he's a, he's not the main guy, but he's the main college guy, obviously. Yeah. But um, no, his NFL, he usually just fills in for, for some games, like if they have too many games on Fox. But we got the main group this week, so that's, that's cool. Okay. So um, for your uniform junkies, don't know what we're wearing this Sunday. We'll see, I guess. Usually the Lions announce that like on the day before game day, so you guys keep up with that on their Twitter page. Any guess? Um, I'm just going to guess probably the classic homes, probably just blues and gray pants. Maybe all blues, maybe. I'm going to I'm, I'm take a guess and say all blues. I could see that. I saw someone make uh, a tweet about it. It's like, what do you want to see? And I don't think it's going to happen, but like, could you imagine all whites at Ford Field? I think that would look very cool. It yeah, really would, but I don't, I don't, I don't say that. that. Maybe, maybe later on this season. Especially two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a yeah. row? No, it ain't happening. Maybe later on in the season they'll do something like that. Maybe they get creative, but... Uh, I'll even like the blue and whites. White, blue, uh, blue, blue, jerseys, blue pants, white. white shirts. At home? Oh, you're saying blue pants, white jerseys? At home? They did that one that time, not, so yeah. They did? Yeah, they did that one time versus Dallas, so... It did, okay. look, it did look nice, so it looked, it looked smeezy. We'll see. First home game. Yeah. All right, y'all. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. If you could leave a five-star review, it is always much appreciated. 
Um, that's all I got for you guys. If you want to join us on Sunday, we'll be live on Twitter and YouTube about an hour before game time. So you guys could have the full and active report for both squads. And then we'll be live right after on Twitter Spaces, hopefully, hopefully celebrating a Lions dub. So that's all I got for you guys. I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.